he and Hannah take after their father. Once a woman stopped the two of them in the grocery store and asked, Chinese? And when they said yes, not wanting to get into halves and holes, she'd nodded sagely. I knew it, she said. By the eyes. She'd tugged the corner of each eye outward with a fingertip. But Lydia, defying genetics, somehow has her mother's blue eyes, and they know this is one more reason she is their mother's favorite. And their father's, too. Then Lydia raises one hand to her brow and becomes his mother again. The car's still here, she says. But Nath had known it would be. Lydia can't drive. She doesn't even have a learner's permit yet. Last week, she'd surprised them all by failing the exam, and their father wouldn't even let her sit in the driver's seat without it. Nath stirs his cereal, which has turned to sludge at the bottom of his bowl. The clock in the front hall ticks, then strikes 7.30. No one moves. Are we still going to school today? Hannah asks. Marilyn hesitates. Then she goes to her purse and takes out her keychain with a slow efficiency. You've both missed the bus. Nath, take my car and drop Hannah off on your way. Then, don't worry, we'll find out what's going on. She doesn't look at either of them. Neither looks at her. When the children have gone, she takes a mug from the cupboard, trying to keep her hands still. Long ago, when Lydia was a baby, Marilyn had once left her in the living room, playing on a quilt, and went into the kitchen for a cup of tea. She had been only eleven months old. Marilyn took the kettle off the stove and turned to find Lydia standing in the doorway. She had started and set her hand down on the hot burner. A red spiral welt rose on her palm, and she touched it to her lips and looked at her daughter through watering eyes. Standing there, Lydia was strangely alert, as if she were taking in the kitchen for the first time. Marilyn didn't think about missing those first steps, or how grown up her daughter had become. The thought that flashed through her mind wasn't, how did I miss it, but what else have you been hiding? Nath had pulled up and wobbled and tipped over and toddled right in front of her. But she didn't remember Lydia even beginning to stand yet she seemed so steady on her bare feet, tiny fingers just peeking from the ruffled sleeve of her romper. Marilyn often had her back turned, opening the refrigerator or turning over the laundry. Lydia could have begun walking weeks ago, while she was bent over a pot and she would not have known. She had scooped Lydia up and smoothed her hair and told her how clever she was, how proud her father would be when he came home. But she'd felt as if she'd found a locked door in a familiar room. Lydia, still small enough to cradle, had secrets. Marilyn might feed her and bathe her and coax her legs into pajama pants. But already, parts of her life were curtained off. She kissed Lydia's cheek and pulled her close trying to warm herself against her daughter's small body. Now, Marilyn sips tea and remembers that surprise.
The high school's number is pinned to the corkboard beside the refrigerator, and Marilyn pulls the card down and dials, twisting the cord around her finger while the phone rings. Middlewood High, the secretary says on the fourth ring. This is Dottie. She recalls Dottie, a woman built like a sofa cushion, who still wore her fading red hair in a beehive. Good morning, she begins, and falters. Is my daughter in class this morning? Dottie makes a polite cluck of impatience. To whom am I speaking, please? It takes her a moment to remember her own name. Marilyn, Marilyn Lee. My daughter is Lydia Lee, 10th grade. Let me look up her schedule. First period. A pause. 11th grade physics? Yes, that's right. With Mr. Kelly.